Good morning, everyone. It's our, our first reading. The Jewish people have been exiled for a very long time, many years. And what they're doing is reminiscing about the liberation, the bondage that they were in in Egypt, and they're remembering their exodus. They remember the manna from heaven in the desert and the quail. But the Lord, through the prophet, says, Remember not these things. Do not look back. For behold, I am doing new things, a new way in the desert. Friends, one of the things that tells us that God was not only present in their past, but he is also in their present and in their future, referring to the return from exile and the new start. Let the past be past, and the future be the future. And St. Paul uh, recognizes this. He says as much, and uh, he was the great persecutor of the followers of the way, Christians. He remembers uh, the abuse that he did. But now he has been touched by grace. This is why he spoke so much about it been touched by grace and given a new future, a new life, a new mission. He becomes the very apostle of Jesus Christ, and he lives by faith. And he says, I give no thought to what lies behind, but push on to what is ahead, life in Jesus, the Christ. My friends, and he, being a former Pharisee, understood many things. Pharisees uh, were considered to be the word Pharisee. And the, its exact meaning is not clear, uh, but the one thing that uh, they understood in their time was Pharisees uh, implied separated. They were separated. And uh, not only, ironically, did, were they separated, meaning who were they separated from? Everyone who was a sinner. So not only were they separated, but they created separation. And the Pharisees were known for their strict adherence to the laws. And interior disposition was of nothing. As long as you perform the law exactly, mechanically, you have no need of anything else. And uh, they believed it, and they stuck by it. We are told on this gospel that the Pharisees and Sadducees came together. My friends, uh, the Pharisees had an idea about heaven and uh, the spirit world, but it was kind of odd for them. The Sadducees denied the resurrection of the body. They thought it was just rubbish. Furthermore, I don't know how they came to this, because the, the Sadducees were canon lawyers. They understood the law. Uh, they had uh, no time for angels. So in this, the Pharisees and Sadducees were enemies. They didn't like each other. So here we see they're coming together, two enemies, because now they've found something to come together with, this Jesus of Nazareth. Friends, I want you to remember John's gospel opens and in the, with uh, 
telling us who Christ is. And then in the third chapter, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. John 3, 17. Our gospel reading for today comes from John 8. And uh, this reading and the teaching from it is as much about the woman who is caught in adultery as it is about these religious authorities known as the Sadducees and the Pharisees. The scribes, as they were, they bring charges against a woman. John tells us clearly that they are after Jesus and they really don't have any concern for the woman. And um, they are using her. And I will go further. Uh, John's gospel in the English is kind, but the fact of the matter is these men uh, abused the woman. They would have dragged her through the street. And then when they finally got to the center of the square where the temple was, they put her on display in front of everybody. They treated her cruelly and without respect. And furthermore, where is the man? One does not commit adultery by themselves. And we were told they caught her in the very act of it. My imagination. <laughs> okay, so you left him in the bedroom? They remind everyone present, including the teacher, so they give, they honor Jesus by word, teacher, what say you? They remind everyone present that Moses demanded death by stoning for such a crime. Adultery certainly was a sin, and is, and it was destructive not only to her, but to the man, to the family, to the community. The Pharisees and scribes asked Jesus, What say you, smugly and with self-righteousness and false moral superiority, feel they have trapped Jesus? If Jesus agrees with the Mosaic law, it will show him to be without mercy, which has been a trademark for him. But it will also put him at odds with the Roman authorities. Only the Roman authorities could pronounce an execution, or pronounce a verdict such as death. And later, they would take Jesus before Pilate, and that would be one of the things that they lodge against Jesus anyway. If he suggests the woman be spared, it would appear to contradict Moses, the great prophet, the one God's friend, the one who gave the law, and then it would encourage others to break the law of Moses. When we look at it, it seems, well, Jesus is in a pickle here, isn't he? My friends, first he knows that they do not care about the woman. Not at all. It wasn't her that they were after. It was him. And Jesus does something uh, that many people focus on. And um, the scriptures tell us he bends down and he writes. But 
uh, here's where the Greek helps us. The word that John uses, or the writer of John's gospel, is katagraphin. Katagraphin means to doodle. He doodled. Now, last night I poked fun. I said, I can see Jesus making a smiley face <laughs> and looking at them, and then the sad face. So uh, uh, probably the closer understanding is scribble rather than doodle, but why does one scribble or doodle? Typically, they're killing time, right, when, or they're thinking. Jesus, I put forth to you, is stalling, hoping that these men would change their minds about what they are about to do. But we are told that they pressed him further, and he stood up. These would-be persecutors and prosecutors persist in their wickedness. So Jesus stands up and looks them directly in the eye and challenges them. Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. In other words... He asked them, do you feel worthy in your heart and in your conscience to pass condemnation onto her? Not so much the judgment, but the condemnation. We're told then Jesus kneels again and writes, but this time the word that the author uses is graphene. Graphene means to write. So now Jesus isn't scribbling or doodling anymore. Now he is writing. And uh, we do not know. The scriptures do not tell us what he writes. Uh, perhaps what's being called to mind is Psalm 130, where it says, Lord, if you mark our sins, who could stand in your holy place? Something else from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 17, line 13. There it says, and I'm paraphrasing, those who rebel against God will be put to shame. The, the word for put to shame in, in the Greek means to write on the ground, to put into the ground. And uh, what is believed that Jesus wrote, he wrote particularly in a way that exposed the sin of each of those men in a way that when they saw it, they knew. You can just see Jesus writing, and you stole from the tithing of the temple, and you committed adultery with, and you, even though he didn't point, but they would have looked to see what he was writing, yeah, I'm out of here because it exposed them. And it says they went one by one, starting with the elders. The elders of their time were the wisest of them all. They got out of there. We are told then they went away one by one, beginning then with these elders. The story leaves no doubt that the woman was caught in the act of adultery. There is no question of her guilt, for the town knows her reputation well. 
Friends, this Jesus of Nazareth. No one ever hated sin, which is an offense against God, and an affront to him more than Jesus of Nazareth. And at the same time, no one ever loved the sinner more than Christ. So Jesus asks her, has no one condemned you, woman? She says, no one, sir. In that moment, we are left with the sinner and the one who is sinless, looking at each other, looking into each other's eyes. Misery, looking at mercy face to face. And Jesus says, nor do I condemn you. He lets go of her past and encourage her to do the same. He gives her a future, an opportunity. That is why he came, to give everyone that chance. She has the chance to put her past behind her and to start fresh. And he says to her, go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. These last words are so important as they are resplendent of Jesus' ministry and mission on this earth. Not coming to, to condemn, but to forgive and to heal. To give a chance. The story ends beautifully with Jesus condoning the woman. He recognizes her and acknowledges her woman. Jesus uses that word with someone else, doesn't he? at the cross, his mother, woman. So he condones, he uplifts her, but he condemns the sin. Do not do this again. We learn that the qualification for judging comes not in our knowledge of the law or that we have it, but by our own personal holiness and goodness My friends, all of us lack in that domain, for we are all sinners. Therefore, only God may condemn, for God knows the heart and the motive of people. Two lessons, none of us is without sin, and each of us will have to stand before the judgment seat at one time or another. We will be like the woman in today's story, Misery, looking into the eye of mercy. And our Lord gives each the chance to put our past behind us and to start anew when we sincerely embrace his ways, his mercy, and truly choose to walk in holiness and to be his disciple, not in name, but in truth. Our Lord is more interested in restoring our life than in taking it. He is more interested in healing us than in increasing any hurt or pain. And he is more interested in our future than he is in our past. My friends, there's a picture, a painting in front of you. The artist who did this painting did our evangelists and did the archangels. And uh, 
Now, if the painting is unfamiliar to you, it is because it is in the confessional. I'm just saying. If you say I've never seen this, then I must assume you've never been in my confessional. I'm just, just saying. So my friend, the artist, I asked her, uh, this is a depiction of the gospel today. And I asked her as the artist to please do the interpretation. And I prayed for her. And uh, she shows the men, Christ. He's holding uh, what appears to be scripture. And uh, my understanding, it is the law. He's holding the law in his hand. In his other hand, he has a rock. Uh, she didn't interpret it as the writing, but she wanted to show the scene of the rock. And uh, in this, there's the woman, there's the man, but in the far left of this picture is a dark, shadowy figure, which she said is Satan, because he's always around. Friends, recall Luke's gospel. Jesus is taken into the desert for 40 days, and Satan is there, and he tempts him in all different ways and twists the scriptures and tries to psychologically uh, gain hold of him. And one of the things that he says is, you are hungry and you need life. Take the stone. Take the stone and make it bread and live. To which Jesus says, no. Now we forward to John's gospel. And there he is against Satan. And he has influenced those men. And there we see the stone again. Take the stone and kill her. Because that is the law of God. To which Jesus says, no. And we recall the words of Isaiah. Look, I do things new now. I've created a new way and a new path for you. My friends, Here's a warning. These men, how did Satan get to influence them so? Because they were self-righteous. They were egotistical. They felt that they had the law and understood it. And yet the scriptures tell us, Jesus said, you think you have life because you have the scriptures, but you do not understand them. So here's a warning to all of us. It is not just enough that you read the Bible. You must understand it, and you must apply it to your life. Then, and Jesus doesn't give rocks. He has no interest in rocks. He gives you the Eucharist, which is life-giving, more than bread, more than manna to the Israelites. The life-giving sacrament. So he is interested in your future. Do not be like those men who are self-righteous and egotistical and think that they know everything. They felt that as long as they had the law, they needed nothing else. They didn't need grace. They didn't need this Messiah. They needed nothing. And it closed them off to Christ, but opened them to that nasty creature known as Satan. And my friends, about that, that a priest in the Catholic Church 
has to address its own members who believe that Satan does not exist. It's heartbreaking. Satan doesn't really exist. It's just an abstract idea. <laughs> abstract idea. That's exactly what he wants you to think. There are many times Jesus drew analogies and drew symbolisms, but this was not one time that he did. Satan is real. And he would like to deceive you. He would like to frustrate you. It is not enough that you just have the Bible in your hand. It is not enough that you just read it. For they had it also. And look what it did for them. Nothing. You must understand it. You must walk, as St. Paul says, in faith. Walk in holiness. My friends, about Satan, he doesn't like you. He's not your friend. This whole war in heaven between Satan and God, do you know what started it? You. Because he loved you and he made you in his own image. And Satan, whose name was Lucifer, couldn't stand it. He hated it. Because he was not that way. So he is not your friend. People call upon him. He may grant a favor, but he will stab you in the back as a human because he can't stand you. Remember this. On the other hand, the Son of God, he loves you and gives you life. No matter how difficult it is here, stay with him, for you'll have life eternal. Amen? After this Sunday, I'll put the painting back into the confessional, if you'd like a close-up view of it. And my friends, I remind everyone with great love, um, since I spoke about finding the Eucharist in the pew a few weeks back, we haven't found it again. And I believe the great reason is because we are working together. So I remind everyone, please, when you receive the Eucharist, please don't walk away with it and return to the pew. Consume the Eucharist immediately in front of the minister. And this will help us always to uh, just to find out how that happened and who was doing it and help them uh, to correct that behavior. Remember, um, someone asked me, Father, uh, well, uh, it was kind of funny the way they asked it. So uh, I know as a Protestant, I can't have the Eucharist, but do all Catholics get to have the Eucharist? And I said, well, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> and I said, no. I said, there are some times when a Catholic is not properly disposed to receive the Eucharist. And in that case, the church would ask them not to receive it. And there's a whole list <laughs> of what those would be, um, which they found very curious. And I said, if you'd like to make an appointment and talk to me more about the Eucharist and uh, why uh, the Catholic wouldn't be allowed. And well, I'm not too interested in that, Father. I'm more interested in why I can't have it. <laughs> okay, then. Well, if you want to make an appointment, come in. Uh, but uh, it was an interesting question. I thought I would uh, bring it up with you guys also. Yes, uh, that person was correct. There are uh, situations when a Roman Catholic should not receive the Eucharist because they have not been properly disposed for it. There's an impediment. Um, and the church with great uh, charity says, hold off, don't do this. 
and let us correct the impediment and get it fixed. And then you can receive the full graces that come. Friends, next weekend will be Palm Sunday weekend, uh, and then we will enter into Holy Week. Uh, the liturgical color uh, for Palm Sunday is red. I encourage, if you have red, to wear it. Do you have to? No. Why, Father? Because it's fun, and it's in solidarity with me. Uh, also, another little bit of fun. Um, the youth, were t we were talking, some of the young ones yesterday. Catechophene, uh, scribble, graphene, graphene, graffiti. The word comes from it. So the one said, so Jesus was the first graffiti artist, huh? And I'm like, that's one way to look at it, young one. That's a good way to look at it. 